Hi, I'm Ryan Lynch. And I'm Amanda Johns. Welcome to season two of our weekly podcast, Worth the Work. Each week, we attempt to educate and reduce the stigma around issues related to therapy and mental health. We try to infuse humor in often difficult topics. And we stay authentic as we work to reinforce the reality that therapists are people too. This season, we'll be focusing on relationships. And not just the romantic ones. Let's do this. Let's go. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Amanda. I don't I don't want to ask you what's up or how it is, because I feel like we start every show that way. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the same, I want to use the word pendantic, but I don't think that's a word. No. Well. There I, is a word that sounds like that. Yes, but I don't think you're using it correctly. I don't know. Okay. It's honest. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I just like to throw words out there that sound like other words, but have no meaning. So impressed. It is what it is. Mm. So, um, what are we talking about today? Well, I, I, I like how you always say that, like, I'm the one coming up with all of the ideas. <laughs> well, you're the idea man. There you Let go. Let the world believe that. Sure. Why not? Um, so today we're going to talk about the challenges and opportunities of having your kids come home from college for the first time, whether it's for the summer or, you know, for a long break or something like that. And, and how to navigate that. I don't know why I got a Southern draw all of a sudden, but, um, how to navigate that and, and how to have conversations about it and what some of the challenges might be. Okay. And it's, it's timely. Cause you know, summer, summer, summertime and, Sorry. and kids are transitioning back home and yes. some parents might already be finding themselves struggling with that. And some mm-hmm. young and, adults and might be finding yes, themselves also. struggling with that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So maybe first we can talk about um, sort of what we hear in our practice or what we hear in the community, um, what sort of from the parent perspective and from the kid perspective, um, sort of what it's like when young adults come back home Mm -hmm. after leaving. Um, Some of the things that, that I've been told... Um, is that, you know, initially when getting home, it's like, I'm so excited. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so ready to see my family. Um, I'm so, you know, ready to, like, have that, that feeling. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like, I know how it feels to me when I come home to my family, the family that I've created now. It just feels safe and secure and, like, normal. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, these young adults come home sort of expecting it to feel the same way that it did when they left. Um, and what we're hearing is that, you know, once they get back, it's like weird um, because the family that they left to go start their lives has sort of continued and and gone on and re, re sort of like evaluated their dynamics, renegotiated their dynamics in the household without that person there and then that person comes back and it's like oh like where do i fit like where do i belong in this picture again um you know some people have told us that you know they they leave their environment they come back and it's like oh wait a minute has my family always been like this and Mm -hmm. 
or is it like me that's changed? Like what has changed? Like, like, is this sort of what I've always experienced? And now that I've been out on my own, um, I'm coming back to this environment and it's like not maybe the healthiest environment ever. Um, you know, how have the dynamics of the family changed as far as like um, other people moving in or moving out? Um, all of this can impact the way that somebody feels when they come back home. And some of our our people have said it feels overwhelming to come True. back. Um, sort of figuring out how they can belong again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've also heard, you know, a few people say it's like nothing changed when they came back. Yeah. And that's its own set of issues, yeah. right? Because then it's like oh, I'm right back in high school again. Yeah. Right? You right. know what I mean? And it's like, I'm 15 again and being treated this right. way and told to do these things. Right. And it's like, okay. Um, and it's interesting that you say that because I always joke that when I go back and I'm around my family of origin, mm-hmm. I feel like 10 again. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm no longer this older adult who has, mm-hmm. like, lived her life and, and like – right. Moved. You fall into that parent-child right. dynamic right. very easily. Right. And it's not just us. Our parents do it, too. And that can obviously create conflict. And, right. And also, even if it doesn't cause conflict, it can still cause, like, odd feelings. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just well, and, doesn't feel. And when you go from having the freedom of being on your own, mm-hmm. not being under your parents' sort of, like, wings or mm-hmm. watch – there's a sense of autonomy and independence that comes with that. And then to come back into the home environment where you don't have that anymore per se or necessarily, there's a sense of loss of freedom and autonomy. Sure. Um, And I think that that's something really important that has to be acknowledged Mm -hmm. is that when your kid has been sort of out there living on their own, they've readjusted Mm -hmm. who they are. And so it's important as a parent to readjust your relationship with them because it's not the same kid anymore. Sure. It's like it is, but it's not. Right. Because the whole point of college is to expose you to different ideas and different things. I mean, you know, there's that meme that, you know, all colleges are liberal hotbeds. Well, I can can find a few that are not by any means. So, but, but, but it is a lot of times different from home life. Right. That's what it is because you have people, you know, all over the country, maybe even all over the world, coming together to live in the same area. Right. And Sharing their worldview. Exactly. And all of that is going to be very different than your, let's say, small town yeah. in rural Iowa or whatever. <laughs> um, no offense to rural Iowans. No, Iowa- no Iowans. It was just the first listeners. state that popped in my head. <laughs> Iowanians? Or we could say, like, Upper Bucks, where I live. Okay, or Upper Bucks, <laughs> yes, fair. I don't know why, but sure. Because it's, it's small town. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, that way we're not offending anybody except me. Except all the other people that live there. Well, they all know it's a small town. It's not a small, it's not a, a, an insult to be from a small town. I'm it's, from a small town. I mean, yeah. I was born in a small town. Oh, sorry. That was... Okay. Awful, well, back on topic. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, as a parent who's just had two young adults come back home after living somewhere else for most of the last year, you know, I can say it's a weird transition because as the parent, you know, they're still my babies, but as the aware <laughs> mother who's supposed to, you know, you know, 
teach and preach the same thing, you know, that I do to my clients, to my family, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to like separate them out sometimes from the little itty bitties that I raised to the adults that they now are. But that that independence and that ability to maintain their independence and their autonomy, even in the scope of my household, is is like really critical. And we had talked earlier about, um, you know, what it's like for for kids who leave and sort of find their identity, which is super normal during this period of time, and they come back home and their identity now doesn't match that of their family expectations and what that might be like um, for some kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's an important sort of thing to discuss as well. Um, well, and also I think it can change the dynamic at home when you're not there. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it. let's say you have a younger sibling and, mm-hmm. you know, you're no longer there. Well, that right. could very well change the dynamic in the household right. as far as how They become interact. the oldest child. Right. Yeah. And then when you come back, you know, you may find, you know, there's anger there or there's just something different. Yeah. And I guess maybe the point of us bringing up all of these examples is to say that I think everything is normal. All of the feelings. Yeah. All of the feelings are normal. Um, You know, it, it can range from, hey, nothing's changed and I feel comfortable and okay and this is great to, wow, I want to get back to college as quickly as possible um, or anywhere but here. Sure. And everything in between. Um, And it's all normal. It's all normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, as a young adult, you are stepping out and developing your own sense of self. And you're determining and sort of identifying who you are and who you will be as you, you know, begin to get older. And, And as somebody who's gone through several life transitions, I will say that don't like don't get caught in this space of who I am now and what I perceive to be good and right now is going to be what I perceive to be good and right 30, 40 years from now. Um, Because part of growth and part of, of aging is sort of changing. You know? Yeah. So you found some information on how to best prepare parents. Well, yeah, I did. And and one of the big things is that, you know, first thing is identifying what those quote unquote hot button issues are. Right. What are the things that are going to cause conflict? Um, and they're often, you know, things that you kind of really probably won't be surprised of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um you know, it's this idea of expectations, right? Right, and what are the expectations for for when I come home? Um, you know, a lot of times it's stuff like okay, chores, right. or you know, uh, curfew, right, and drinking, or maybe having a significant other over, or you know, things like that. And and where is the line? And you know, because in a lot of parents' heads. Still, like you said, that's still your kid. That's mm-hmm. still your baby, you know, whatever. But also, they might be 20, 21. Right. <laughs> and in a serious relationship. Yeah. And like, you know, how do you go from 
completely protecting them all the time. Right. To giving them some autonomy. Yeah. And then vice versa, how does it the the young adult go from you know not unlimited freedom but a lot mm-hmm. of freedom to now very structured yeah life and i will say as a parent who's experiencing this it's not easy no not you at know all. and it really does take sort of this active involvement and active awareness of how you are behaving and how you are speaking to your young adult and how you are interacting with your young adult and what your expectations are in relation to their stage of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of equate it to, so it's like, are they visiting or do they live there? Right. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, my children have two homes. They have their home that they have at college and they have their home with mm-hmm. us. Um And there are different rules and expectations in each of those places with some expectations being sort of like universal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so why don't we tackle chores first? Okay. Um, You know, when our kids are little, there's sort of this forced expectation of chores. Some kids actually don't have chores. Um, Mm -hmm. In our household, it was expected that you participated in chores. Um, Now, how does that look for a young adult? Are you part of the household? Are you a part of making the mess? You're a part of cleaning it. Okay. So, to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we're not talking about cleaning up after yourself because right. that's different. Right. But also, now I have to clean and dust or yeah. vacuum or whatever. And why didn't you have to do that in your home that you were living in prior to coming back home? Because college? <laughs> yeah. No! No, we still have to teach proper housekeeping. Uh-huh. <sighs> and taking out the trash? Yes. Okay. You didn't do that in college? What did you do with your garbage? Yeah, we took it out, but it also rotated between all of us. Right. So that's so I will say in our household, it's shared responsibility. So everybody takes part in all of the chores that help to facilitate the workings of the home. Does that make sense? I, I understand. Yeah. So where is the devil's advocate in this? I'm just saying. Like, like do you go home and not have to do anything? No. Oh, but okay. Why do you just assume that? I don't know, because you're like devil's advocate. Well, I'm trying to say because, you know, I don't want to come home. I don't want to spend my whole break doing housework. Okay. If I'm only home for like two weeks. Right. But we mean like the summer. Okay. Yeah. So three months. Okay. Fair. You know, I thought we were talking about breaks, (laughs) including summer, not only summer. (laughs) Notice how she changes things in the middle of this and then gets me for not being on the same page. Okay. I'm just... I'm just wondering the the whole like not clean. Do you clean up after like would would the expect? Okay, so if we're playing devil's advocate, would the young adult at least be expected to clean up after themselves? Yes. Okay, that's fair. But not they don't have to participate in the cleaning of the household. Well, I'm asking, you know, like do the dishes. What does that mean? Does that mean I have to do everybody's dishes for the day? Because f that, (laughs) right? 
You know, you do your Our own dishes. styles um, are so different. Well, they are very yeah. different. But also, you know, I don't have any kids. So <laughs> not like I really have a parenting style yet. I mean, our parenting style is influenced by where we, we you sure. know, how we were parented. Sure. Yeah. And I um, think at the end of the day, and what this, so what I love about when Ryan and I have these discussions is that it really does open the door to like consider the way that different families function. And I think that's really important. And I think what it, what it really highlights is the importance of discussing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it boils down to, um, the dictatorship that can sometimes occur in a family. <laughs> when you're under my house yes. or under my roof. Yes, yes. And I think that's what it speaks to is yeah. that it's if we're going to identify that these young adults do have autonomy, then they need to be part of the discussion mm-hmm. and not necessarily an edict. Right. And I mean, of course, that's the answer to everything we're discussing today yeah. is having conversations about expectations. Yeah. But you know it you know it is worth something talking about you know what i mean because like it's very easy to fall into old habits mm-hmm. from home when you go home for the first time in a yeah. long time you know oh you know somebody'll do my laundry for me right. or something like that you know whatever it might be even though you've been doing it yourself at college right um and the same with parents, too. They can fall into this old habit of, okay, well, now you have to go pick up your sister here and do mm-hmm. this and do that. And and having those conversations is really important. To find out what everybody's comfortable with. Well, yeah. And also what everybody's expecting so that everybody is okay There's no with. resentment. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I was reading an article actually about this and, you know, the one of the things they were talking about is, you know, it, it's not making demands or making expectations, but you know, inviting. You yeah. know, like let's say um, Uncle Joe was having, you know, uh, some people over to watch uh, a sporting event, mm-hmm. right? And he's invited us all over. You know, would do you want to go? Right, right, and. You know, giving your children the space to say no right. and not then being guilty about it. Right? Guilting them, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Because that's like, because, yeah, oh, I can say no all day. I'm like, oh, fine. You don't that's, care about us. Yeah. What are they going to say about us? You don't care us? about your family. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? Because yeah. that, that doesn't. I mean, you might as well just demand they go because that's actually yeah. healthier than than telling Passive them. Aggressive. Yeah, that yeah. that bullcrap don't yeah. work, but right? yeah. um, and yeah, it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck when your kids don't want to do stuff with you all the time. But also remember, like that's the whole point of them flying the coop, as it were. You right. know what I mean? Is they are building their own lives. They're doing their own things. You know, they have their friends home. That they haven't seen that go to right. a different college. They want to see them. Right. Maybe they have a summer job or maybe they have a partner that lives nearby that they want to see. Agreed. So let's let's go into the dating thing. Okay. So your child has been away at school, you know, all this time. They have been dating. Maybe they've got a significant other at this point. But the rule when they lived at home was 
no dating. Or the rule when they lived at home was no sleepovers. No sleepovers. Because that stops everything. How do you? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have a sleepover to. Uh, yes. Anyway. Um, you know. How do, how do we navigate that? Well, and that's a really good question because what are the expectations? Because now I am an adult, right? Because technically at 18, you're considered an adult. Right. Right. Um, doesn't mean they're going to act like they're 18 or 19. It, you know, sometimes they're going to act like they're 15. But yeah, I mean, navigating that, like, how do you navigate that with your kids? And and they have a, a partner come home yeah, or come to visit, you know, yeah. during the summer or something. What are you going to do? Are you asking me specifically? Well, not specifically. Because <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I know you will. So why don't you do that first? Yeah. So my, my feeling is... <sighs> And, and my situation's a little bit complicated because I do have um, a young teenager who thinks that whatever rules apply to her siblings should also apply to her um, mm -hmm. and doesn't always understand or accept that there is a difference between being a minor teen and an adult. Well, and that's a really good right. point because they are going to, you know, a lot of times these kids come home from college and they do have younger siblings. Right. Well, how come Tommy's allowed exactly. to do this or that? Exactly. Um, and of course, my stance is always, well, you're not an adult. When you're an adult, we can renegotiate your boundaries and your rules. Um, but my sort of stance is that, you know, if if I've trusted my my adult to be away at college and navigate relationships without me present, then I need to be able to trust my child's ability to navigate relationships in my home. Um, you know, I, I do not have a no closed door policy with my adult children. I sort of view them as um, people who are adults who are now living in my home. Um, and I treat them as such. Now, does that mean that um, I think it's appropriate for them to be locked in a room all day with their significant other? No, I don't necessarily think that I would approve of or appreciate that, and I'd probably say something about it. Um, however, you know, I do talk to my adult children about what what they think is appropriate in our home what I think is appropriate in our home and we find sort of the, the agreement in between. Right. And that's going back to those expectations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I expect you to not be doing certain things right. all the time right. and certainly not to the point that it's affecting anybody else in right. the household. And that's, that's the basic principle for me is that, mm -hmm. you know, if like, if your behavior period, any behavior is impacting in a negative way the safety of the home for anyone else, then we have to have a discussion. Um, you know, as a parent in regards to dating or somebody having a significant other, it is a really weird new world mm -hmm. to sort of watch your child, for lack of a better term, like fall in love, like, mm -hmm. and to know that it's different than the, you know, adolescent teen sort of like dating scene it's very different True. there's there's different sort of even even with that there's different expectations that exist in an adult relationship that don't necessarily exist in a teenage relationship 
Um, and again, I mean, I feel like all of these these things can be answered with communication. Um, you know, I think yeah, that I you think, have to agree to the ground rules. Yeah, and I think it's important to acknowledge that we're not saying, oh, well, you have to let them do whatever you right. want or whatever they want because they're adults now. Right. And that's not That's what we're not. Saying. There still needs to be respect for yeah, everybody's and, feelings. And that's what that conversation yeah. is. You know what I mean? It's it, it, We're not sitting here saying, oh, you have to be fine with your kids having their partner over and having sex whenever they want. Right. right? No, of course not. Right. But, you know, maybe having a conversation with them, I would really appreciate it if you didn't do anything while we're here. Right. Or preferably not in the house. Right. You know, stuff like that. What, Whatever the the thing is. But again, it's not demands. Because yeah. the more you make it a demand, the less likely it is it's going to yeah. be followed. It's more talking about comfort. Like, like, you know, hey, I know that, you know, you're with this person. However, you know, in in our home, I'm not comfortable with this happening. Um, you know, and then my brain goes to, well, okay, where's the judgment in that? And and that can open a whole door of, you know, whether or not somebody feels safe or comfortable in their own home. Um, so at the end of the day, it really is about openly communicating because then <laughs> – like then the automatic next subject that I think of is like navigating. Um, so your child, you you know, your child is, is person A when they leave your home and they come back as person B, like person A still exists, but they maybe have a new gender identity or, you know, they have, you know, realized that they like, you know, a, 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 the, a, you know, the same sex or, that they are now feeling free to participate in who they are in a way that they weren't allowed to when they were living under the rules of your home. Or maybe their political affiliation mm -hmm. is now different than what you have, or their religious affiliation is different than what you have now. And so, you know, when, when, when I did the whole thought process of, hey, I'm not comfortable with you doing this in my home – that's where I went. And so then I didn't want to put that statement in connection with somebody's identity. Right. Like, like I don't want that to be misconstrued to be, oh, well, I'm not comfortable with you being part of the LGBTQ community, or I'm not comfortable with you having a different religious belief system, or I'm not comfortable with you having a different political affiliation, so you can't do any of that in my home. I want to be very clear that that there's a distinction for me between those two things. Um, and maybe that's the next topic we go into is how do you how do you manage that? How do you manage, you know, if your belief system, whether it be political, religious, what have you, you know, your kids come home and theirs is completely different than the family standard. How do you, how do, how does a parent, how does a parent navigate that? Well, I think that's where talking about it and talking about, you know, well, what does this mean? What, yeah. what does this mean to you? What do you see it looking like while you're home? What do you feel it should be. Yeah. And then here are my expectations. Yeah. How do we find this middle ground? Right. Right. Because really, I mean, like 
there has to be some level of compromise because, yeah. you know, again, like if you want to have a relationship with your kids, especially as they become adults, you can't dictate what's happening and yeah. say, this is how it is. Deal with it. You know, does that mean you want to let your kids like do something dangerous, like do drugs or something in your house? No, of course not. Right. right? There are limitations, but like having, you know, their partner over or just identifying differently does not make them like a danger to themselves or someone else. Right. 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 And the reality of it is, is if you want to have a relationship with your child, then you need to choose whether or not you're going to accept them as they are. And if you're making the decision to not accept your child for who they are, then you are making the decision to to not have the kind of relationship with them that could be amazing. And well, again, that's not like we're not going to accept drug use. We're not yeah, going to accept, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, dangerous behaviors. So again, we want to clarify that it's more um appreciating and accepting your child for where they are at this part in their life. Mm-hmm. And one of the hardest things, you know, for one of the the kids. And again, I use kids here. Right. Of, young you know, adult their child you're always somebody's child right um is you know there you know maybe a time when you come home and your parents don't accept you yeah right and then what and do then, you do and then how do you navigate that and yeah what do you do and and how do you be safe and you know obviously at the end of the day you can't make somebody do something right right it becomes a choice now as a young adult do i set the boundary with them and you know put put everything into who i am or do i give up part of who i am to maintain the relationship um and is that possible and i i don't know that it is like i don't know that it i don't know that it's possible to be in relationship with someone especially living in their home when everything about you to them is not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think that's probably the hardest. And, and I'll, I'll say it's hard for both, both sides. It's hard mm-hmm. for the parents to sort of, you know, within their belief system, not recognize or, or feel like they, that the child that has come back to them is theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard for the child that's coming home to not feel appreciated, seen, heard, or accepted by the family that loved them before they left. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that's probably out of all of these things, the hardest, the hardest thing to return to is not being loved, accepted, and appreciated for who you are. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying that this is not by any means the most common, right? Right. right. Um, this is just... But it's important to identify. It, it is. It is important. Um, you know, and and I think going back to it, it really is a discussion about expectations and mm-hmm. what each other... Is expecting and then how we can navigate that. Yeah. Right? You know, like not not making demands, but making 
requests, but mm-hmm. also understanding that they are requests and they can be rejected. Yeah. Um, and and part of the thing is, you know, yeah, you kid might come home and want to spend all the time with you. Yeah. And they might come home and not want to spend very much time because they want to go do their own thing. And that sucks sometimes yeah. as a parent. But also, you know, understand it's not a personal thing. It's that's part of growing up. Right. It's We're supposed to raise our kids to leave us. Right. Exactly. Right. And so if we're raising them, but we're clinging tightly onto them, mm-hmm. we're not giving them the opportunity to grow. Right. We're not giving them the opportunity to have liftoff. Mm-hmm. And then we complain when they're not successfully navigating the mm-hmm. world. It's it's so intriguing to me. Right. Because, I mean, you know, with – especially now the way the, the economy and, you know, the last year and all that is – you know, or really since 2008, it's not surprising that that your kids might want to or need to live with you for a little while right. after college, right. right? While they're looking for work right. and, and trying to save some money for their own place and stuff like that. And, you know, that is, again, another scenario where navigating this is going to be, you know, difficult, but also very doable. Yeah. So maybe the takeaway message from this episode is be open to conversation. I mean, isn't the takeaway from every one of our episodes? I mean, if we're talking about relationships, yes. Yes, I am. With that being said, we are nearing our last episode of the season. I think we have one more episode or two more episodes, one or two more episodes. Um, and then we will be taking our summer break. And then coming we get back, a break. Woo-hoo! I mean, it's not like we haven't struggled this whole. Which this about. the end of the, I'm telling you, the end of the pandemic, coming back to the real world, doing the podcast. It's all been, I mean, I love it, and it's, it's still weird. Yeah, it's it's we're having to re- renegotiate, and maybe that's what our final podcast will be about: is sort of, you know, how do we re-enter this strange new world? Right. So, okay. Good idea. Yeah. Okay, folks. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And <laughs> Be quiet. just, just no. Thank you. And what do they need? Oh, they they can contact us. They can oh, find they can us. Contact yeah. us. Where? Where can they contact? I don't us? know. It's only been almost what a year and you, some change since we've been doing this podcast. So they can find us on our website at worththework.net. They can find us on Instagram at worththework underscore. They can find us on Facebook at worththeworkwith Amanda and Ryan. And they can email us at worththeworkcounseling at gmail.com. Gmail. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. It is Gmail. <laughs> it's okay. I have a Hotmail account. I have a Hotmail account that is... 21 years old. I have one that's older than that, so get your beat. I used to have one that was older than that, and then I got married and did the whole, like, oh, we can have, like, a couple's Hotmail account. You mean you didn't have one that you set up in high school, you know, in the library by the school people? No, because I'm, like, a decade older than you. Oh, my God, you're so so old. So that got done in They didn't have the internet or computers (laughs) or nothing. They did when I was 18. Um, but that's when I set my first Hotmail account up in my house. 
when I was in my senior year of high school. Surprised and it was it, the... I'm just surprised it wasn't AOL. <laughs> bing, bing. No, because you had to pay for AOL. <sighs> yeah. You had to pay. You could use the AOL Instant Messenger for free through yes. the browser, but you had to pay for AOL, and we did not pay for AOL. Mm. We got right. free email accounts. So anyway. Let's wrap up this nostalgia trip. <sighs> we can talk about... We can talk about silkworms again. <laughs> no, just no. Okay. Well, folks, that, that yeah, that's the end of this episode. What uh, what should folks remember, Ryan? Well, they should remember that they are... Worth the work. Do you want to say it? No. Okay, fine. Well, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>